Hello everyone and welcome back to the Lovely Freaks podcast. I'm your host Amanda and I'm Hannah and if you're new here hello hi how are you? Um, if you like things strange and unusual you can go ahead and hit the subscribe button. You can also follow us and follow us on Instagram at Lovely Freaks and you can follow us on Facebook Lovely Freaks podcast on Facebook. So yeah that's about it. And we are on our 10th episode today. 10th one. So excited. Yep. Number 10. And still looking forward to getting on other platforms. I know I keep saying that every time, but I swear it's going to happen. I told y'all last time at the end. Yeah. This is the last time I'm going to talk about it until we actually do it. But we should be on there by no later than the end of the month. Um. So yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we need to talk about. The world's, you know. 2021. 2021. It's like 2020 because yeah, it's just the same. Shit's hitting the fan out there. If uh, a lot of shitty things just keep happening, <laughs> uh, they're like, okay, well, that didn't fucking do anything. Our, our uh, country's or tonight in Washington D.C. Crap's getting crazy. So, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, because today it's what's today? Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Today's Wednesday. January eighth. So today, we actually have a serial killer episode for you guys, yeah. and hopefully we can condense this all down into no longer than an hour. I don't want to have to do two parts, because I found out that, like, I feel like when we do two parts, you guys don't always listen to part two, or maybe not y'all, or avid listeners, but there's people out there that don't always listen to part two, because we have, like, more views on one than the second mm-hmm. one. Second one? That doesn't make sense. It doesn't, because I want to know, like, how it ends, but, yeah. um... <laughs> Whatever the case. So, yeah, but I'm going to try to condense this all down. So, we're going to go ahead and get started. So, today we're talking about this human uh, shit stain, Richard Ramirez. <laughs> Richard Ramirez, a.k.a. the Night Stalker, as he was given that name by the media. So, he... What, do you, you know yeah. him? Yeah. Because you... Watched a documentary, Watched a documentary about him yeah. and stuff. And then I know him because I've listened to tons of podcasts about him. And then also we both watched, um, well, I finished it, but she hasn't finished it, uh, the American Horror Story. And it's got, like, him in it, I get, yeah. you know, kind of. It, well, yeah, it's I also guess it in him. Hotel, too. It's in yeah. the 1981, and he's in the Hotel one. But not, like, a lot, just yeah. he's in there. But I like I liked the 1980. American Orchard. We need to get sponsored by them because we talk about them a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they really do. I mean, really. We need some money up in here. Yeah. Okay, so anyways, Richard Ramirez was born February 29th, 1960. He's a Pisces. He is one of five kids. His father was a former, former police officer, but for some reason he ended up working on the railroad and I don't know if, I think maybe his father was a drinker or something like that. He got kicked off the force or something. Mm-hmm. I can't really remember. But he started working on the railroad. And so his dad was abusive, like really abusive. His First of all, Richard Ramirez's life was not uh, a good one. It was not a good a good one to grow up in. It was really bad. So, his dad was abusive, and at two, he struck him in the head 
and he hit his head on like a piece of furniture mm. and then at five he was struck in the head with a swing which actually gave him a concussion and he started having seizures so the swing wasn't um you know his dad didn't do that he was yeah. just at the playground or whatever which we talked about like how many serial killers get their head yeah injured. there's so many serial killers which i think there's something connecting that i really did had head injuries yeah because even like I mean, I know we talk about nature versus nurture, but even there, there's some serial killers that didn't have a hard life. Yeah. That did get, like, struck in the head. So, I like think Jeffrey there's a connection Dahmer. there. He didn't, I mean, he had a, kind of, but not as much, you know? Yeah. He just had little problems, and he, and, um, he was struck in the head, so. But, at the same time, you guys, we're not saying that, oh, poor pitiful him because he had a hard life. Yeah. there's a lot of people that have hard lives, and they don't go out and. Murder other Murder people. people. So <laughs> they cope with it healthily. Healthy. Healthily. Yeah. Healthily. <laughs> um, he spent a lot of time though with a cousin of his named Miguel. So Miguel was a Vietnam veteran, and Vietnam was crazy, and there was a lot of people that came back with PTSD and a lot of like horror stories. Uh, I remember. I think it was. Someone that my grandfather knew, question mark, maybe, or my dad. I don't know. I just remember this when I was younger, but um, somebody that I remember them telling, like, horror stories of Vietnam, like, you know, they would come back and they would talk about the things that they saw and, like, the people dying and yeah. stuff like that. So, a lot of death and a lot of, they would, over there in Vietnam... They would, like, rape the women of Vietnam. And mm -hmm. his cousin was telling Richard about this. He was telling him, you know, yeah, when I was over there, I would grab some of the women off the street and I would just rape them, you know, or murder and then, like, kill them after that. He showed pictures to Richard of women that he had actually raped and he, like, had their severed heads. Like, he cut Damn. their heads off after he raped them. Yeah. So, he's insane. Yeah. And this is obviously. a guy that Richard is hanging out with at only 10. So, he's only 10 years old, and he's seeing all these pictures, and he's associating, like, death and sex and violence yeah. and things like that together. Which I think maybe he started thinking that was, like, the normal, like, everybody thinks this way. Probably, because I'm sure his dad was probably a douche. Like, his dad was abusive, so there's no yeah, telling what he did his Yeah, and his cousin mom. must have not, like, respected women, so he must have thought, like, that's the way women are supposed to be treated or something Yeah, like and that. I think he would, like, talk to his... Because his cousin was married, and we'll get into another thing that happened there, but I think he would, like, talk to his wife in, like, derogatory way, like, you know, hey, bitch, go get me something out of the refrigerator, yeah. you know, blah, 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 like, stuff like that. And he was abusive to his wife. So, he... The same cousin... He also witnessed her, he, her, her. He yeah. also witnessed him shooting his wife. So he shot his wife in the head. I don't know if there. I think there was like an argument they were having, and then he just kind of like blew up and shot, her. and shot her. Um, his cousin, however, only served four years, which is insane. I don't understand why, but whatever. He only served four years. I don't know if he had any kind of, like, counseling after that. Like, I don't know if it was, like, of course, back in that time, they didn't really talk about PTSD as, like, heavily as they do now. So, yeah. nowadays, he would go to prison, and he would also have, like, heavy counseling for 
PTSD and, you know, being in the war and things like but that. But I wonder what what the trial was like to let him get off or something. No idea. I don't know how he got off for four years, but that was not enough. So, after seeing, after being with his cousin, he stayed with his cousin a lot because he hated being at home, obviously, because his dad. And so, he finally decided after his cousin went to prison, he was going to go live with his sister. Well, you'd think that would be great, but his sister had a husband named Roberto, and Roberto was a piece of trash as well. This is just like a whole bunch of trash. Like, I don't understand yeah. how there's so many people, the men, or the men in the family are just pieces of crap. So, Roberto was a peeping Tom. Uh, he would take Richard, and this is all while Richard is like a teenager, you know, kind of growing up you know, 12, 13, 14. So he would take Richard with him to go watch be a peeping girls. Tom. Like yeah. Wa- yeah, like peeping peep the houses and, you know, stand there and watch these women Great get undressed. <laughs> yeah, get undressed and stuff like that. So, of course, when Richard was a teen, he started associating fantasies with violence. So he would... I'm sure he would probably, like... Imagine killing someone. Imagine killing someone. Or, like, probably look at bondage magazines and things like that. Which is not a problem. But I'm sure he, like, would take it a step further. Yeah. Yeah. So, he worked at a hotel when he was a teenager. He got a job there. And he would always, like, rob the guests. But nobody ever, like, figured out that it was him. So, one night, he decided he was going to rob... He's, I, I think he saw the man, the husband, leave the room. Or maybe he didn't know that this wife and the husband were there together. But he saw the he saw the woman. And so he was, decided he was going to rob her. When he entered into the hotel room, he robbed her. He was like, hey, you know, I want your money and blah, blah, blah. And she was giving him his purse and all this stuff. Then he decided he was going to try to rape her. Well, whilst trying to rape her, like, during the middle of it, her husband comes back into the ho- into the room mm-hmm. and, like, beats the crap out of him. Rightfully so. Rightfully so, yeah. Beats him to, like, a bloody pulp, and then they call the cops and all that. They arrest him, but he gets let go because they don't press charges. Which I thought was crazy. So, because he was 16? No. They didn't, they were supposed to have a trial, but yeah. the couple was on their honeymoon and they didn't want to have to come back to, uh, I believe it was Arizona. To testify? where we are. Maybe. They didn't want to have to come back to testify because I think they were from Florida. And we're in Arizona, so that's a pretty Which, big I would be I mean, so I disappointed. I understand it, but I don't understand why the hotel couldn't press charges because it happened on their property. Yeah. I don't get that. Obviously, he was fired from the hotel, but I, I just don't. I don't understand that. Like, or even, like, why couldn't the state press charges? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they do that today. But, um, yeah. She didn't want to have to go back. She didn't want to have to worry about it. And so they just, you know. And and I'm not saying that. They did live far away. Yeah. yeah. I totally understand. Like, I'm not saying that it's. Because I'm, I'm sure over the years it's probably. You know, hopefully it hasn't went through her head or their head, you know, like, oh my god, if we would have just... Gone to the trial. Gone to the trial, you know, pressed charges, maybe he would have been in prison and not done all that. But honestly, he would have probably only gotten, like, a year. I mean, if his brother, if... It, not his brother. If his cousin only got a year for shooting his wife in the head, uh, four years, I'm all over the place. If his 
If his yeah. cousin only got four, four years, years. Then Richard was probably going to get, like, a year for attempted rape. Yeah. I don't know. So, he dropped out of high school after that in ninth grade. And at 22, he moved from Texas to California. So, that's right. We were in Texas. These people were from Florida, I believe. I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. He moved to California. And so, this is where he commits his first murder. April 10th, 1984. He starts working, or he starts, I think, living in a hotel. I wasn't sure if he lived there as, like, kind of like a squatter or if he actually worked there. So, he's at this hotel and he murdered a nine-year-old girl. Mm. Um, he raped her and stabbed her to death. But so they that actually was his first murder? That was his first one, but they actually didn't connect him to that until, like, way later. Like, I think maybe, like, 2000 or something like that. Like, yeah. it was... It was a, so he didn't confess to the murder? No. And it was a long time until they, you know, were able to connect him to that murder. So, June... That was in April. Then June 28th, 1984, Jenny... She was found stabbed to death in her apartment, and she lived in San Francisco. Her throat was, she was almost, like, completely decapitated. Mm -hmm. So, he moved down to, like, the San Francisco Bay Area. And so, we're just going to go through all these murders, because this is pretty much when it starts. So, he goes on, like, a freaking killing spree in 1985, and all these murders happened in 1985. He gets caught at the end, but there's a lot of murders, so we're pretty much just gonna go down the list here. So it's okay. gonna... <laughs> there's not much... Because I think it's important to, like... How many people did he kill? Um, I think it was 13... I think he was charged 13 counts. But he broke into 14 homes, I believe. There are some people that he did let go. So... It might not have been. He might not have killed exactly 13. I don't know. We'll get there to, at the end. But mm-hmm. he did break into a lot of homes. I know it was 14 counts of, of burglary that he got at the end. And he didn't kill everybody that he broke into, but he did kill a lot of people. And I think it's important to do this whole list like this because it will... Because you'll just kind of be like, oh my god. Like, did every night just about? Like, what was he doing? Yeah. Okay, so March 17th, 1985, he attacked Maria. She was 22 years old. She, he ran up to her. She was, like, pulling into her garage, and he just, like, ran up to her while she was pulling into her garage and shot her in the face. She survived, luckily, by holding her hand. Like, so as soon as she heard the gunshot or whatever, she saw the gun, she, like, put her hand up by her face, face. and her keys saved her from getting shot in the face. Which I thought was really crazy. That's cool. Um, then he goes inside and there's her 33-year-old roommate, Gail, was in there and she was kind of like hiding behind the couch hoping that he wouldn't see her. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't work very well because I think he was like ransacking the house. He was trying to steal some stuff and then he, on his way out, he heard her. She kind of like peeked over the couch couch, and he saw her and then he shot her in the face. Mm. Um, 
and she did die and he stole like a bunch of items from there and that's what he would do like he would always go into somebody's house which he was also like heavy on drugs and stuff like that and he was kind of like a just a drifter so i'm pretty sure that's why he was stealing things because he needed the money yeah and then he's for drugs or he needed somewhere to live or no whatever reason but yeah like just rob just somebody rob and leave i'd rather leave that happen um, so the next hour after that, he tries to steal a car from a woman, but he shoots her and runs off. So he's like on the streets and he was like, okay, I'm thinking, you know, I gotta get a car. So he like stops a woman in the, like on the road. Yeah. Like, a, I guess it was probably like a neighborhood and he tries to like take her car, but there's a struggle and she won't let him have the car. So he just shoots her and runs away. She survived, though. So March 27th, that was March 17th. So March 27th, 1985, 2 a.m. in the morning, 64-year-old Vincent was sleeping in his room with his wife, who's 44. He shot him, Richard shot him in the face, and then jumped on top of his wife and like bound her hands up and all that and then started like beating on her you know and he was demanding he was like where are the valuables where are the valuables where's your cash you know and all this stuff that he does and then while he was looking for the valuables she grabbed the shotgun that was underneath the bed that her husband usually has under the bed mm-hmm. and so she you know was standing there he comes back in the room and she pulls the shotgun up and she pulls the trigger, but it doesn't go off, which mm. had to suck. Yeah. He then shoots her, and this part's crazy. So, he shoots her, he gouges her eyes out, and then puts her eyes in her jewelry box, and then takes the jewelry box with him. Why? Yeah, I have no idea why. So, I just thought that was really weird. So, the husband... The, that weekend, he had actually taken the gun, the bullets out of the shotgun because their grandkids were over. Mm. And so he didn't want them to get the gun, get the gun yeah. and shoot them or something like That's that. So you know, sad. shoot themselves. So I thought that was really sad. I was like, you know, he was just trying to be a good grandpa, take the bullets out of the gun. Yeah. And this asshole comes along and, you know, that's why there weren't any bullets in it. So, yeah, he gouges her eyes out and puts them in a jewelry box and then just takes it with him. Um, He leaves footprints at this scene, though, and he also left bullets, which the police realized later. Like, that's how they kind of realized that they had a serial killer, and we'll get to that because they kind of used the um, bullets and the footprints. So, May 14th, obviously 1989. No, 1989. 1985, he goes to Monterey Park, and he enters the home of 66-year-old Bill and 56-year-old, his 56-year-old disabled wife, Lillian. So, Bill was in his room, and he comes in, and he tries to, like, reach for his gun, and Richard shoots him, like, straight in the face. Mm -hmm. So, he's dead. Or, no, I think he survives, actually. I can't remember, but we'll get there. So, then he goes to his, um, 
disabled wife, Lily, Lily's room, and he's an actual piece of trash. He, she's disabled. She's a disabled person. person. And no matter who it is, it doesn't matter. But yeah. he bound, he binds her up, which I don't know why he had to do in the first place. Whatever. He's probably stupid. That's why. I, I mean, I think she, I don't, I couldn't ever figure out what kind of disability she had. And I'm thinking maybe she was paralyzed from the waist down. So she was probably struggling. I mean, probably trying to hit him and all that. So I think he bounds up her wrists or something like that. And then he rapes her. And then he leaves her there and goes and tries to, like, steal shit again. And so he steals a whole bunch of their valuables and everything. And then he just leaves. And I think maybe Bill survived. I don't know why I don't have that written down. But something in my brain wants me to know that he did. <laughs> like, so my brain's telling me somewhere, yes. <laughs> somewhere I remember hearing that he survived. And, of course, she did, too, because he didn't kill her. So, May 29th. I'm not... I'm going to stop saying 1985, because all this happens all this in 1985. Happened, yeah. So, Richard steals a car, and he drives to the home. This one is awful. Just mm-hmm. hold on. So, he drives to the home of 83-year-old Maybell and 81-year-old Florence. They're sisters. Mm-hmm. He finds a hammer, and he beats Florence in the head with a hammer. He, bind, he binds up Maybell and beats her, too. Then he decides that he's going to do the normal thing, ransack the house, try to see if there's any valuables or anything like that. Yeah. So he finds some stuff, and then he goes back to both of the women, and he starts electrocuting them with, like, electric shock cords, like what? cables. Mm-hmm. Then he rapes Florence. Huh? 81-year-old Florence. Oh, my God. Yeah. I feel so sorry for this grandmother. And then he draws a pentagram with her, with Maybelle's lipstick on her thigh. On her thigh? Yeah, weird. And on the mirror. So, this is when he starts drawing the pentagrams. And this is kind of also what he's known for. Because, like, there's a picture of him in court where he has the pentagram carved into his hand because he says, you know, he's like the son of Satan or something. Or he loves like Satan. Yeah, he loves he's Satan. He's my master. That's what it is. Yeah. He's my master. I'm like, okay. Whatever. So. <laughs> I love God, Anyways, but you don't see me going I mean, there. Being like, and also, you guys, he's a Satanist, is what he claims, but yeah. Satanists are not what he is. Like, they're. Real Satanists are not murderers or, sorry, I dropped my pins, or something like that. Like, he yeah. just gives them a really bad name. Bad name. Like, I'm not saying go be a Satanist, but what I'm saying is, like, we're, not saying that all, that. we're not saying that all Satanists are serial yeah. killers. So, they actually discover them two days later, and they're alive, but they're comatose, both the, the women are. Mm-hmm. And then Maybell dies later at the hospital. And I think Florence survived, but she didn't live very long. So he didn't try to kill him or anything? Well, I mean, I guess he thought he had killed him because he electrocuted them. He beat them, like, complete, excuse me, completely beat, like, their face in and everything. Yeah. And they're old. I mean, they're in their 80s. So, he probably thought he did kill him. I know they were found and they were kind of, like, in a comatose state. So... More than likely, he thought he killed him. Yeah. So, June 2nd, he stole a car, and then he selected a 75-year-old Mary's house. He broke in, 
and he decided to he broke in and then he beat her over the head with a lamp and he tried to find you know stuff stealing crap or whatever and then he was gonna leave but he decided hey since I'm here I'll switch it up a bit because he's a dick and so he goes and gets a 10 inch blade out of the kitchen and he stabs her to death with the 10 inch blade so she probably would have lived would it have not been for him just deciding to be even more of a douchebag july 7th he enters the home of joyce 61 year old he beats her and then he stomps her face in with his shoe wow yeah so he like beats her up kills her oh yeah she's dead so the only crazy thing about this is is that his footprint like his shoe print that he left at that crime that i told you about outside the window yeah so that shoe print they were able to match the shoe print on her face like that's how messed up her face was and that's how much of a much he stomped her to death was because he left a shoe print on her face and so they were able to match it up so that was another connection where they were like okay we obviously have a serial killer on our hands so the same night january 7th at 2 a.m so he had just done that to joyce and then that exact same night he goes to 61 year old grandmother linda she's also a nurse Mm -hmm. and he attacks her and she said that he was like you know she was asleep and so he woke her up from her sleep abruptly and he started you know wanting things in the house and stuff like that so he goes and ransacks the house and rummages through everything then he comes back and he tried to rape her but since he is a douche and he can't get it up he couldn't couldn't, perform oh yeah couldn't perform i guess you know the smashing somebody in the face with a boot was too much the night that night he was exhausted or all um, the cocaine he was sniffing <laughs> yeah all the cocaine or the heroin he was doing or heroin so yeah he couldn't get it up and she said um linda mm-hmm. that's her name i gotta all these names so she said that she was scared more that he couldn't perform yeah and do that because she could see that he was steadily getting mad like madder and madder and she thought okay he's just supposed to shoot me I just wish he would, like, if he's going to rape me, just rape me, get it over with, and leave. Yeah. But he's probably fisting to shoot me because he's getting so angry. So, he obviously just gets so mad and says, screw it, and he just leaves, and he left. And she's still alive, which, that's really good. He decides after this that he's going to switch it up a bit again, and he's going to get a machete. Yeah, he gets a machete. Um, He keeps stealing cars because that's what he does. If you're wondering, like, how's this dude getting around? So, he will rob somebody, steal a car, not their car. He will steal a car. And then, when he gets done with the car, after a murder, he'll wipe it down and set it on the side of the road somewhere. So, he usually wipes them down pretty thoroughly. Like, the police couldn't get any fingerprints off of any of the cars that he had stolen thus far. Which is really... Because he sounds like a crackhead dumbass. Mm-hmm. This is like, how can he wipe down a car that thoroughly? Yeah. So, July 5th, I'm backtracking because I forgot about this. 
I forgot about this one. July 5th, he breaks into a home and bludgeons a 16-year-old Whitney Bennett mm. with a tire iron while she sleeps. He tries to find a knife in the kitchen and he couldn't find one. Then he decides to go back in and start strangling her. So, this is before he stomps Joyce in the face and then he tries to rape that grandmother Lydia. Yeah. I just forgot this was on my other page. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. But I wanted to say this. So, this is crazy. So, he has beat her, like, beat the 16-year-old sweet angel with a tire iron. Then he goes to the knife, tries to get a kitchen. <laughs> goes to the knife. Goes to the knife, trying to get to kitchen. <laughs> goes to the goes kitchen. Trying to get to the knife. Whoa. Yeah. That's almost like the Capri Sun that we were trying to say earlier. Yeah. Y'all, we could not figure out how to say Capri Sun. We kept saying... Pacri Sun. Pacri Sun. Because Adeline. we were like, that's right. Like, yeah, that's how you say it. Because Adeline was like, I want my Pacri Sun. And we were like, it's not called Pacri... It, it's called... And we were like, Pacri Sun? It's Pacri Sun. Is it Pacri Sun? <laughs> no, it's Capri Sun. Anyways. Anyways. Okay. No, getting off track. So, Whitney... Yeah. He does all this to her. Then, he couldn't find a knife. So, he decides... Or a knife big enough. Whatever. So, he, he decides to strangle her with a telephone cord. Well, while he was, like, strangling her, she... Something happens, and I guess it kind of starts breaking. The telephone cord starts breaking yeah. or starts coming out of the wall. And it sparks her flying everywhere because yeah. it's electricity. And he said that he stopped... Because he said later that he thought God was trying to stop him. So he just stopped and left. I don't understand it. <laughs> I'm like, what? Like Zeus took his That's lightning That's the bolts? only time? No. Like God was intervening. Oh. Which Why would he think? I think God, yeah, God can intervene. But, but like. Why was it that that, that was night, the one? And yeah. also, aren't you a Satanist? Like, what? Why? Are you that's about? what. That's the thing that threw me. <laughs> yeah, like, you're a Satanist. I shouldn't mean, you, you believe, believe in God? Like, well, probably, but shouldn't you also believe that if you do all this, you're gonna go Satan to hell? Satan is better than God. If that's what yeah. you, I don't know. Whatever. If so, anywho, she survived though. That yeah, all she that? survived all wow. that. She had 480 stitches. Damn. Yeah. Lots and lots of stitches. But she did survive. So, that was... So, we ended with July 5th. So, he kind of took a little bit of a break. Not much, but he kind of took a little bit of one. It sounds like he's going almost every day with these murders. I mean, yeah, it's a lot. A lot of of days. So, he takes a break because that's July 7th that we ended with. And then July 20th. Is the next time that he does something. So, this one is really bad. Full disclaimer here. Um, if you just want to, like, skip through this part, you can. But this one is pretty bad. So, that night, he breaks into... And I'm going to try to say this name right, but I know I'm going to butcher it. So, 32-year-old Chitati... Asawaham? Asawaham? I'm not sure if I said that right. If I didn't, I'm completely sorry. So, he breaks into this 
man's house and his wife is 24 and they have an eight-year-old son as well he breaks into their house he sleeps the husband while he sleeps he sleeps i cannot talk <laughs> right i was like he sleeps the husband like he shoots the husband while he sleeps oh okay Man, I don't know where my he brain is right the now. husband while he sleeps. Yeah, he shoots the husband while he sleeps. And then he goes and, you know, ties up the wife and then starts raping her. Mm-hmm. The eight-year-old boy walks in at this time. I don't know if it's, like, during this time or if it's they're done or whatever the case is. But yeah. he walks down to the living room or whatever. And Richard ties him up and then wants him to tell him... And the mom, like, where all the valuables are in the house and blah, 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 blah. But while he's kind of asking them where the valuables are or her where the valuables are, he also sodomizes the eight-year-old with a bottle of lotion. What? Yeah. Like How? a bottle of, like, a bottle of oil, like lotion oils. Yeah. Stuff How like that. do you do that, though? He, you know, sodomizes and rapes him with a bottle yeah. of, with a bottle of oil and he makes the mother watch this oh my god but i'm saying like how can you do that to a kid like, oh yeah well i mean he also murdered that nine-year-old so i know but in he, front of the mom and everything yeah he does that then he drags the eight-year-old boy all through the house or downstairs you know and he keeps telling the boy and the mom too i don't think he drags the mom i think he just drags the son that was mm-hmm. kind of confusing but he tells them to swear to Satan, like, they're saying we don't have any valuables in the house. There's nothing really of value in this house. We don't have a lot of money, all this stuff. And he's like, swear to Satan that you don't have any, you know, and like, like that matters. Yeah. Like, I'm like yeah, whatever. sure. But I that's guess. his thing. And that's when he starts the swear to Satan stuff. So from yeah. now on, you're going to hear whenever he does these robberies, the per use, he's like, swear to Satan that. You Such know. a nerd. Yeah. Such a dumbass. <laughs> so he douchebag. He left them there and the child obviously got undone or, or whatever the case is and he ran to the neighbor's house and, you know, told them that they needed help. Yeah. So that same night, like that was I don't know what time of the night that was, but that the was the same night. Yeah. Man, how you got all this energy to do all this shit? Cry cocaine, man. So, that same night, he drives to the home of 66-year-old Leela and 68-year-old Max. He goes into their room, kills them with a machete, like, hacks them up. He shoots them in the head and then robs them. Like, you know, he does everybody. So, that all happened on July 20th. So, we took a little bit of a break, July 7th to July 20th. So, maybe that's why he had so much energy. He, he got his cocaine fixed during that time. Yeah. So, obviously. He, um, he was ready to go. He was rolling hard. So, August 8th. Now, keep in mind, we're still in 1985. Robert Stoll steals a car and then chooses the house of 27-year-old Sakina and 31-year-old husband... Alias, Alias, I think I said that right. If I didn't, I'm so sorry. He, he then, um, it, this was at like 2.30 in the morning, which a lot of these were around that time. I mean, they were after people go to sleep, which that's got to suck. Like, I would absolutely hate to be woken up to, like, 
I mean, some of these people, literally, he the, the survivors, they'll be like, yeah, he woke me up to, like, I felt the cold steel on my neck. Oh. Like, of a gun. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, uh, that would, drive, that would yeah. be awful. So, and by the way, after reading about him, I triple locked all my doors. Every, like, yeah. every night. Like, I was like, I just, I think I locked everything, but let me just go through it one more time. So... He, but you know, back in the 80s, it wasn't a big thing to like lock your doors and stuff like that. Yeah. So, okay. 27 year old Sakina and 31 year old, sorry, I was, I paused because I got off track. And 31 year old Alyssa, Alyssa, I don't know, something like that. So he goes in, he shoots the husband while he's in bed and he tends to always do that I mean the husband's usually the first one to go in these which I guess it's because he's a pussy and he knows that if they try to get up and fight him he's gonna lose Yeah. so then he makes Sakina tell him where her jewelry is and he makes her again like all the others swear to Satan you know tell me that this is where all the jewelry is blah 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 so he takes the valuables and then he leaves um Luckily for her, I guess he didn't rape her, but he did kill her husband, so that is very sad. So, by this time, police are, like, linking all these things together, finally. I mean, it's only been, you know... Sorry, but if there was... Actual footprints. I know that a lot of these murders didn't really make sense because they were so different. Yeah. But... I mean, maybe back then, though, you gotta think, this was in the 80s. I was gonna say, if there was that many murders happen, but here in Mississippi, I mean, where we live, that was that many murders happening, we would, like, know. Yeah, Yeah, we'd know there was a serial killer, but I guess back in the 80s, there was a lot of serial killers, especially in California. They were dealing with all kinds of stuff, so. Which is weird that there's not much serial killers now. Yeah, there's not as many... But I guess because, you know, our cops well, you are have, so good at just getting well, them. you have DNA and you have yeah, a lot you more get evidence. Caught so easy yeah. nowadays. Yeah. And they're, the evidence, you know, is really easy to get now. So, they're linking all this together. So, they decide during a press conference, the media, the media did their own, like, little press conference thing or whatever. And they dubbed him the Night Stalker. They told everyone to lock your doors and they were telling people you know it's completely random this person doesn't know he's not connected to any of these people yeah so the la detectives were pissed that the media kind of started this frenzy because they didn't want them to know they didn't want richard ramirez which they didn't know who he was but they didn't want this serial killer to know that they were on to him they wanted him to think they had no idea that he was doing this because they were getting closer and closer to putting all the pieces together. So this kind of messed up their investigation. Because Richard saw this and he like knew that everyone was on to him. Well, since they linked the sneaker to him in the press conference, they said it. They like told the, the media press conference was like, yeah. We've got sneaker footprints that match and all this oh my stuff. God, why would you yeah. say so that? So Richard takes his sneaker and, and goes to the Golden Gate, yeah. Golden Gate Bridge and throws it over. And he's like, "Yeah, well, fuck these sneakers. Like, why am I gonna wear them?" 
You know, so I just... Of course. I don't understand why they did that. Mass. So, after he goes to the Golden Gate Bridge, he drives back to L.A. area. And then, August 24th... Excuse me. August 24th, he breaks into another house outside L.A. area. Kind of outside. So, I guess he decided... Or he was going to break into this house. Excuse me. And he kind of decided to stay out of the inside the LA area so he knew people were looking for him so inside this house he sees a 13 year old James and James hears kind of like footprints outside the window and so James is like tells his mom he's like hey mom and dad you hear like these footprints or whatnot and they could hear like people walking in the rocks you know outside the window and of course the media had already told them hey this serial killer or we think it's a serial killer he's out there like Picking people at random. So, they freak out and they get scared. And they kind of, like, make a lot of noise. And then they run outside and they see this car, like, speeding off. And the 13-year-old is awesome because he gets the driver's license. He gets the license plate. Mm -hmm. And he goes ahead and calls the police. And he's like, hey, I got the description of this car, this license plate. This guy was, like, you know, creeping around our house like a weirdo. Yeah. And so, the police are like, okay, bam. We, you know, thank you. So, whilst they're doing that, and the police are, like, getting their stuff together, and they're fixing to put out an APB on this car, Richard drives to another house. He breaks into the home of 30-year-old Bill and 29-year-old fiance Inez. While they're sleeping, Richard enters the home. He cocks his handgun and Bill wakes up right as he cocks the handgun. He shoots him three times in the head and then tells his fiance that he is the Night Stalker and tells her to swear that she loves Satan. He beats her and then rapes her. And then she gave him, she, like, as he was leaving, like, the, the apartment or whatever, or the house, he turns around and he says, Tell them the Night Stalker was here. Oh my God! <laughs> so You're such a douchebag. Yeah. So she was able to give a very detailed des- description to the police, and her husband, or not husband, fiance, actually survived being shot in the face three times. Wow. Or shot in the head. Excuse me. Um. So yeah, he survived, which that's awesome. But she was able to give a really good description, and so. August 28th, they found the car. So, after he thought he killed Bill and he told Inez, tell them the Night Stalker was here, he dumped the car. Well, they found the car. And you know how I told you, like, he had always, like, wiped down the car fingerprints really well? Yeah. Well, yeah. He didn't this time. So, he wiped everything down, but he missed one fingerprint on the rearview mirror. He Mm. forgot to wipe that little part. So, now the police have a positive ID for the serial killer they've been chasing around. And they run the prints, and wouldn't you know it, they get a match. It's 25-year-old drifter from Texas, Richard Ramirez. He has a long history of drugs and, like, misdemeanor things, parking tickets, stuff like that. So, nothing really substantial, but he has a long, like, drug rap sheet. So, they hold a press conference to address Richard, like, you know, address him, like, hey, we know where you are, 
Um, you know, you need to turn yourself in, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, on August 30th, my birthday, Richard decides to take a bus to see his brother. But this part is really weird. So, he takes the bus all the way to Arizona. Like, he gets on the bus from California. Mm-hmm. Takes it to Arizona. But then when he gets there, he, like, turns right around at the bus station and goes back to California. And I think it was because he didn't want to, like, involve his brother. But... Into it. Yeah. Yeah. And he was probably on, like, a drug bender and he was really high. And so, whatever. So, then August 31st. 31st. um, When he gets off the bus, he sees that his face is on, like, all the newspapers everywhere. So, he is walking through all these places and, you know, there's stores and there's shops down the street and he's seeing his face, like, everywhere on all these newspapers. So, he's, like, freaking out and he's, like, okay. So, he starts, like, going into panic mode. He runs and carjacks a woman, but she starts screaming, screaming, help, 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 you know, and he ends up just, like, leaving her there. So, he starts taking off running some more and he's running, like, through all these downtown neighborhoods. And he finally runs into, like, a bad part of, like, a rough East L.A. part. Mm-hmm. And when he gets there, he tries to carjack this woman. Well, these men, and I guess they were kind of like, uh, they weren't like a gang. But they were just, you know, badasses. I'll say that. So, these yeah. guys were, saw this woman, like, getting attacked and so, they run after him, and they start beating him with metal bars, and Good. they knock him out, and then they hold him there until the police come. Good. So, yeah. He, but he runs for, like, a minute. Like, he runs for a long time, like, through all these different neighborhoods, and he's, like, running because he panicked, and then he try. I think he tries to hijack several other people, but once, the, once he makes it to East L.A., which apparently is, like, a bad part of... LA, I don't know, I've never been there, but from what I read, it was kind of a rough part of town, so he decided to rob the wrong person that day. His first, so he gets arrested. So good, we've got this douchebag, and he's in custody, and that's his, pretty much his crime spree. So now we're going to get into kind of like his court's stuff and some of the stuff that happens in court it's not a lot of things doesn't last very long but his first court appearance was February 1986 so this is when he carved the pentagram into his hand and he like showed the cameras when he was walking in and there's like pictures of him smirking and you can see the picture where his where the pentagram. I think you, yeah. have you seen that picture. Yeah, I've seen yeah. That picture. And he's like smirking, and then he tells, uh, he, he like says to the camera, "Hell, Satan" or whatever. So August third, nineteen eighty eight, the L A Times they reported that a jailer, or one of the employees, I don't know if it was a jailer, one of the employees there, he said that Richard was like bragging around in the prison that he was going to shoot. A prosecutor. I don't know how he was going to get a gun, but he was going to get a gun and he was going to shoot the prosecutor. Yeah. So, then, all of a sudden, he said he was going to, like, sneak it in, but who knows? I don't know how he's going to accomplish that. So, then, like, the next day, one of the jurors was, the jurors, I can't ever say that word, was found shot dead in her apartment. So, people started, like, 
freaking out, which rightfully so. Yeah. Some people thought that he really did, like, he really was Satan, and, like, he was able to, like, leave his jail cell and go kill this woman and then come back, which, why wouldn't he, like, go kill the judge if that was the case? Yeah. Like, I don't understand that. Or just not, or just walk out. Or just walk out and leave, yeah. So, some people thought that he, or they thought that he maybe had somebody on the inside, you know, in communications with people on the outside. Yeah. Um, but coming to find out, she actually got killed by her ex-boyfriend or boyfriend, something like that. So, but th- I thought that was really interesting because a lot of people freaked out when that happened because they were like, oh shit, you know, he said he was going to do it and he did it somehow. So, yeah, I'd be freaking out too. You know, screwed. Um, I'd be like, so yeah, yeah. some kind of inside man or something. Exactly. So, apparently, Richard had lots of lady friends there were this is disgusting there were women that sat behind him in court that like worshipped him they were like his fan his groupies he would flirt with them back he would like wink at them well one of the jurors he actually flirted with one of the jurors and she actually said I remember she said something about how she thought that he was innocent or he didn't mean to do the stuff that he did. He was just trying to, like, survive on the street. What? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that doesn't involve murdering someone, yeah. bitch. He, like, would wink at her and, like, give her these, you know, Googly eyes. eyes. And first of all, he probably, he was a good-looking guy when he wouldn't wasn't smile. on drugs. Yeah. When he wasn't on drugs and when he wouldn't smile. Or wouldn't open his mouth. Yeah. Because one of the things, and that's what, I don't understand why he had so many fans. Because even the women that survived him, you know, raping them and stuff like that, they straight up told them in court, they were like, yeah, he has hella halitosis. Like, he Mm. never brushed his teeth. Mm. He didn't brush his teeth. Ever. Like, I'm not saying, like, he did never brush his teeth, like, you know, oh my god, you don't ever brush your teeth. No, he literally never brushed his teeth. So, his teeth were all jacked up from that plus crack, probably. And then he also, they said that he would smell, one of them described him as, like, it smelled like, like a dead, like, carcass. Mm. And I'm just like, How can you sit there and be like, oh my god, that's so hot. Yeah. After being in court and hearing all that. You hear about all the murder and you hear about. Not even, yeah, that Hella halitosis, and he smells like a wet dog. That was what some, somebody else Give described better as. idols. Give, love, <laughs> you know, women. Love yourself the, more. <laughs> yeah. Let the bar just rise a little bit. Come on, guys. Like, he just has to be, you know, alive for me to like him. <laughs> um, And slightly good looking. You know, that's it. Don't open your mouth. Don't breathe. Don't come near me. Put a paper bag over your head and we'll call it a day. It's fine. That's all you need. Like, what? Yeah. Let the bar be a little higher. Come on. Like, I can't even... Which, there are some people that have halitosis that can't can't help it. They have, like, gut problems or they might have, like, tonsil stones or something like that. Or sinus drainage and stuff like that. Which I understand. But this dude, his halitosis was because he didn't brush his teeth. Ever. So... He was finally convicted on all accounts. 13 counts of murder. So I was right. 13 counts. 13 14 counts. counts of burglary. 5 attempted murders. And 11 sexual assaults. 
on November 7th, the judge sentenced him to death. I mean, it didn't take the judge long. The judge was like, yeah, you're going to die. Was he death by electric chair or, or a needle? It's probably lethal injection. Lethal I'm injection. pretty sure it was lethal injection. And they didn't have the electric chair in 1980. Well, I was just wondering. <laughs> I think they... I'm because I was, sure they I was thinking about the American Horror Story. He mentioned something like that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was lethal injection. Yeah. So, he had a lover. Yeah, that's right. He had a lover. Yeah. He was married. Wasn't well, he? no, this is his lover. Oh, his lover? His lover the was the juror. <laughs> she became his lover after everything. And her name was Cindy. And she was, like, the one that was really upset in the interview. Yeah. Well, then October 3rd, so this is, like, jailhouse drama. So, October 3rd, 1996, he ends it with Cindy. And then he ends up marrying someone by the name of Doreen. That, yeah. And, um... Which really it was brings like one faith of her to me about, I'll never not yeah. be alone. He can get somebody, you can get somebody. He can get someone in jail. Like, yeah. he doesn't even really have to talk to the person. So, this was 1996. And then I think that that little girl that he murdered, I think they found out in 1980, I mean, uh, in 2008 or 2009, somewhere in there. So, she only divorced him, Doreen, Doreen, whatever the hell her name is. She divorced him after she found out that he killed the nine-year-old. That was her bar. That was She was it. like, you know like, what? You can kill women. You can murder and rape. You can rape all these women and you can murder, murder all, all these, these people and murder these old ladies and sodomize an eight-year-old with a bottle, but killing that eight-year-old girl, I draw the line. Nah. So, that's when she decides to, uh, yeah, divorce him. Which is crazy. So, whatever. There's some dumbass people in the world. I can't take it. There really are. So, then he finally kicks the bucket at age 53. He dies in San Quentin State Prison. Um, he actually dies of, he died of blood, blood cancer. cancer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I and I that. think he turned green, if I remember that correctly. Mm -hmm. Because I think when you have blood cancer, like, you turn a certain color. I hope it color. was really painful. I hope it was, too. Yeah. yeah. Like, extremely like he couldn't move. I hope it was too. That's what's so crazy to me. Like he, and we're pretty much done. But like talking about it now, discussing what we've just learned about this man. And so you guys see why I wanted to go through like all the murders and all the, excuse me, the burglaries because, dude, that's a lot. Yeah, almost every day. Yeah. That's a lot. Two of, people a day. I can't even imagine killing a person. And that's 13, 14 burglaries over that time span. But there's no telling, like, I wonder how many people maybe he, like, thought about burglarizing. Oh, he did say, I remember one time he said, he said in an interview or something like that, that he was gonna rob this house, but he saw that the gun, that the owner was, like, sitting in his kitchen, like, cleaning his gun. So he was like, ah, oh, maybe not. He leaves. <laughs> I was like, well, at least you're not that dumb, I guess. I mean... But, yeah. I mean, it got so bad that the cops were, like, telling... The detectives and the cops were telling people, like, go get a gun. They were like, yeah. go get a gun. Lock your doors. Lock your windows. You know, hide your kids. Hide your wife. <laughs> Just hold your gun while you sleep. Just yeah. sleep with it. Sleep with it in your hand. I mean, honestly, I would do that if this was happening in my neighborhood. I'd be like, fuck yeah. I'm just gonna go buy a gun and sleep with it now. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's the story of Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. Which actually they're going to have, I think it's the 15th? January 15th? I think they're going to have, um, they're having like a a mini series on uh, docu-series. A documentary? On Netflix. So I'm really excited about that. But I wanted to do this one before that came out because I know everybody and their mom is going to watch it. And... Well, I've been wanting to do the Night Stalker, so I was like, you know what? That's a perfect time. We'll do him right before that comes out. Yeah. <laughs> so if there's anything that we missed, we'll see it on there. Um, but hopefully we didn't miss anything. Um, we watched a lot of stuff. I watched a documentary, and guys, I yeah, had a nightmare did. after watching that documentary. Because, you know, just watching him talk about, you know, like, yeah, I killed someone. Like, he's going, like, describing it like he's See, going to the grocery store. I haven't watched any interviews with him, so what did he, what was his mannerism? Like, how did he? He was just kind of cocky. Yeah. Like, yeah, I killed those people. And then kind of just, like. Was this, obviously. And then also the he day. was, yeah, he was kind of, like, hippie-ish slightly. Like, he was, like, you know, the society makes us this way, man, and all this other stuff. I just. And he was just super calm about it. Like, yeah, I killed those people. And then when they asked, do you feel guilt about killing those people? He just kind of laughed and went, no comment. God, you're a fucking asshole. What a douchebag. No comment. No comment on that one. God. I gotta go, man. Gotta go back to the yard. And do my push-ups. Bro. Um, yeah. I mean, I know he had a shitty life, and he did not understand what... Being a human. Sexual or... sex was. And he learned at a very early age that rape was great. It was fine. It was good to do. By his sadistic cousin. So. um, But. I just still think it's crazy that he kept getting worse and worse and worse. And he didn't have any. I mean he never chopped anybody up and ate them. But that was probably coming next. I feel like. I yeah. feel like that was going to be the next thing. He would have been, like, sacrificing people and draining the blood out of them or something. I don't know. For Satan. Um, and what he did to that year, boy, like, I just can't believe he did that. Yeah. Ugh. I can't imagine killing a person because that would be so much effort. <laughs> just thinking. But, like, not, like. I want to do the know, bare minimum. But, like, think about it, really. Killing a person is, like, very... You gotta kill that person. And then, like, they're you struggling. Don't get caught. Don't gotta, get caught. Yeah. Like, like that's that would be my thing. No, number one, you. I don't want to kill anybody. But yeah, number, number two... Number one, I don't want to kill anybody. My conscience would eat me alive if I did Number kill two. Someone. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I would ha- I would be that person. I would be the person. You I mean, ask my, my conscience still my husband, fucks me up when I ran, o- I ran over that raccoon <laughs> and I was crying that day. I still think about the every time I look at a raccoon. Did I'm you run like, oh. over? Were you the one that ran over the cat and saw it in your rearview mirror? No, that was um, that was Dad. He ran it over, and I jumped out of the. I literally, dad, my dad ran over a cat, and I leaped out of the moving vehicle. I mean, we were going like ten miles per hour, but still, I leaped out of the moving vehicle, and I held him in my arms as he died, and I cried my eyes out, and I was like. Oh. And I, like, I cried for a good bit that night. So, no, I could never kill anything. (laughs) You left at the movie? I left. It was, like, ten miles where I was, like, he was, like, he was just, like, oh, well. And I was, like, oh, my God. (laughs) I opened. He was, like, what the fuck? 
Hannah, what are you doing? He literally got out of the car. What are you doing? Get in the car. How old were you? Fifth, 16, maybe 17. Oh, okay. I wasn't too young. Yeah. I mean, I'd do that now. I'd leave out the car. <laughs> I thought about Somebody... stopping on the side of the road with a raccoon, but I was going like 60, so I was yeah. like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> Somebody, I think it was mom, she accidentally ran over a cat, and then she like looked in her review mirror like she wasn't going to, but she just did it, and she saw the cat like meowing like with his head up. <laughs> yeah. I've never oh. ran over anything like that. I've run over a squirrel, and that's it. Because if I ever ran over a cat, it would be bad. Yeah. Yeah. But you can ask my husband, like, my conscience would eat me alive. He'd be like, yeah. Amanda would be the first. She'd be like, she'd go murder somebody and then come back, like, that night. She'd be like, yeah, so I murdered someone? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) While murdering, calling the police. I just murdered someone right now. (laughs) I lost it and they're dead. Um, Because, yeah, that would be me. Like, I don't know. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it either. Well, at least at least you guys know we couldn't be murderers. Yep. Woohoo! <laughs> there you go. Um. So yeah, I guess that's it. I guess we're done. The next thing we're going to talk about, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys because I'm excited, is Skinwalker Ranch. If you don't know what it is, don't look it up because I want you to be shocked and surprised. It's pretty freaking awesome. I don't think I've ever heard of it. And terrible. <laughs> um, terrifying, not terrible. It's it sounds terrifying. Yeah. Just the... It has to deal with, like, it's one of the most supernatural places on Earth. I'll put it that way. It not necessarily, like, demons or anything like that. It has to deal with, like, aliens. We're going to talk about aliens, portals, monsters, Bigfoot. We're going to cover it all. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that, that happens on Skinwalker Ranch. And I watched a two-hour documentary the other day about it. It was a long one. and But I've got way more research to do before I start, you know, planning that. But So this episode will be out Friday. We don't have a Wednesday episode for you guys because we're actually recording today. But um, we figured the hour long would be... Yeah, this, one, this one's going to be, you know, an hour. And we're, we're at an hour two. And we might be, might be like an hour five by the time we actually get off here. Yeah. So... Yeah, I already told you guys where you can follow us on social media. Go ahead and like this video if you did like it. And yeah, subscribe, get our name out there. Yep. All the pictures will be up and on our Instagram like they always are. If you guys don't know, I always post more pictures on our Instagram. And I have like a description of what they are. Because sometimes on our channel, like I won't have all the pictures or I'll just have... A few, but you won't get a description of what they are. So, I do that on our Instagram page. So, you can go there and follow us. Also, you guys can buy us a cup of coffee. I know I've said that before, but it's on our linked link, link tree. I don't really know how to say that. The link. The link. The, the link thingy, <laughs> yeah. my bobber. Um, the link thing that you click and then it shows you where all our social media is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a place on there where you can buy us a cup of coffee. And it just helps, like... You know, basically any money that you guys give to us or whatever. We're not actually going to buy a cup of coffee. We're going to put it back into the podcast. Yeah. So that way you guys Maybe can... we can video each other. 
Do a video? Yeah. You want to okay do a video now? Yeah. You okay with it now? If I don't see myself. <laughs> Look, I have this fear. She doesn't like I don't seeing like herself. seeing myself. I have this, like, I can't, like, if anyone's videoing me, it's like, uh, kind of like a, I don't know, it's just, like, I have a panic attack, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot, well, there's My a lot face. of, there's no. some people like that, and there's even some YouTubers that are like that, that I've heard them talk about. I don't know. I just don't like it. They don't like seeing themselves. It makes me hate. I mean, I look But they have to edit themselves, so I'm like, how does that work? I don't know. You just edit. I really, I'm just yeah. going to be like, I don't want to look at it. I bet it sounds great. I really want to do that, though. I'd have to get my mother-in-law to help us, because I'm not exactly sure how to video record and then, like, put on. I don't know where we're going to do it either. She knows how to do all that. We've got to do the photo. So we're going to be doing a photo shoot soon. Probably this weekend. We're going to do a photo shoot. And we're going to have a logo. I've got a friend of mine working on a logo for us. And we're going to make like a whole new picture. So the Lovely Freaks picture that we have. Um, I actually took that picture and like I did it on a little chalkboard thing that my daughter has. So that we're probably going to scratch that and we're going to have a new one. But um, yeah, we're going to do, I want to do the photo shoot this weekend. Mm -hmm. Remember that I talked about? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we've made it to a minute. Uh, a minute. A minute. <laughs> oh, wish. Um, um, no. That was quick. We've made it to an hour and four minutes. I guess we're going to hop off here. So, you guys go ahead and follow us on all the social media that we said. And we hope you guys like this podcast. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.